someone's at someone's asking me um i'm by the way i may as well be doing some talking here this isn't the best recording equipment for this podcast but um hey i'm driving i got an hour drive i may as well put my headphones in and and try to uh, explain some stuff to some people here asking me uh what's the difference with you know zen and zen buddhism and uh what else did they ask that's pretty much it what is zen buddhism and Zen, Zen Buddhism, really, these are all fancy words, okay? Because Zen Buddhism, um, first of all, Zen is more or less like meditation. And it's not sitting in one fancy pose, you know, lotus style with a mudra, you know, your classic posture. There's lots and lots of postures you can do with, with Zen. Um, but Zen is an integral part. Meditation is an integral part of Zen because what Zen Buddhism represents is really your truest nature. It's a representation of who you really are, of your truest nature, and letting go of all of our false beliefs, right? And so what are our false beliefs? Our false beliefs are, as uh, some of the other talks I've given, um, you know, it's the false sense of who we are. It's our, it's our ego. It's, you know, it's the things we cling on to. I mean, that's the whole premise of the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path is, is trying to learn all those things that we cling on to and are, are, are either afraid of letting go or uh, don't know how to let go. So what's great about Zen practice or Zen Buddhist practice, I, I just call it Zen practice because I study a lot of different things, um, is, is the letting go part, is trying to see clearly who we really are and and it's 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 ironic because it's not overly complex but yet it's it's complex to do and i know that's sort of a oxymoron because well if it's so easy then why doesn't it happen or if it's so complex then you know is it unattainable the the thing about it is self-discovery and discovering the self uh, or the best version of yourself is already there. And if you're blessed with a, a happy childhood or a remotely ch- happy childhood where you can just enjoy your, your childlike nature, you know, which is going outside and just happy, giggling, playing with your friends and looking at the sky and playing with sticks and playing games and marbles and, you know, playing make-believe and all this kind of stuff you do wonderful things as a child or if you have children you know you see the the beautiful laughs they give you even as an infant the giggles they give you there's there's an essence there to all of us that represent our truest nature um it's kind of like you know there's a yeah i love zen cohen's but uh riddles i don't know what a cohen is but um zen riddles but just in general statements that are thought-provoking and one of my favorite ones is how many apples are in an apple seed and long story short how many apples are in an apple seed is that apple seeds it's it's an infinite answer because think of it you plant an apple seed and it grows into an apple tree and it develops more apples and then each of those apples has numerous seeds that rot into the ground to become other apple trees and more apples and more apple trees and more apples and more apple trees and it just continues it's a continuous process it's 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 infinite 
and it's the same with humanity and it's the same with mankind or humankind is that we're all part of the same the same thing we're all part of the big picture we're all part of the same process all of us and it isn't the reason I want to share this now is I, I just had a meeting with some folks um, teaching them about this where they had some strong temperament and some strong frustration but more or less a lot of anger and and trying to point out how it's this anger is is hurting yes anger can hurt others anger is like an energy um anger is like anything else but it's just an energy but it hurts yourself before it can hurt anybody else um what people don't realize is that just like you can hear a sound like like Hear, hear the sound of my voice or hear sounds of things around you is that the, it's made up of the same substance that things that you see or things that you smell or things that you touch. It's just a sensation. But the thing about thinking and thoughts is that we cling on to that. We hold on to thoughts. We remember what that person said, you know, a month ago to us or yesterday or today, you know, they, oh, they said such and such and we take it personally and we grasp onto it. And it's just a thought. And again, a thought is no different than a sound we hear. If you hear a dog bark, you sometimes don't think anything of that, right? You let that go because why? Because it's just a thought. I'm sorry, I'm already goofing that up. It's, it's just a sound. Well, of course, there's thought behind the sound, right? You have to know it's a dog, but it's just a sound. You are hearing a sound, you're processing a sound. Well, it's the same thing with a thought. When we think of a thought, we, we, we think of the thought, we think more about the thought, we cling on to the thought. And that's one of the biggest roots of the biggest problem we have, is clinging on to our thoughts and making our thoughts into other things that they're not. And it's completely, completely artificial. It just is. And the more practice you do, and again, this is why Zen practice is so beneficial, because it allows you to sit and meditate, which more or less is like contemplation. Um, you know, you don't have to be, you know, his holiness, 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 the Dalai Lama, or you don't have to be a monk. You don't have to be, you know, Jesus, Jesus Christ in the Bible was said to be a great meditator too. Um, you know, and I don't know if you're into Christian uh, prayer and meditation, or or Hindu meditation, or yoga practice meditation, or Zen meditation. It all points to the same thing. It's being able to stop the mind and, and stop looking at thoughts and clinging on to thoughts. And thinking of thoughts more or less is just a perception of a sound or a, a smell. That's why I like to meditate with my eyes half open, um, if not open, because it's just observing everything. Okay. Anyway, let me get back to this conversation I had with somebody talking about their anger and their temperament, is that I'd ask them, who's getting mad? Well, I'm getting mad. Of course I'm getting mad. They're telling me why they're getting mad. But, and then once, once I got them into a calm state, I said, see how calm you are right now? Well, yeah, it's because I've been talking, whatever. And the, the temperament went way up here to way down here, very calm, very relaxed. And I said, here's the trick, is if you can maintain this level of calmness, throughout your day, throughout your, your problems you were having, your challenges you were having. And it takes practice. Like any, any skill, it takes practice. But you have to be the one to decide that you're ready to change. As I told this person, I says, look, 
I said, look, you're the one, this person told me that they feel guilty thinking of themselves. And I said, well, you're the same person, the same person or the same observing party inside of you that is somehow giving you this guilt is the same entity that's responsible for allowing you to have peace and harmony and not guilt, right? So at some point, you're making a decision to not feel guilty or making a decision to feel guilty. At some point, you're deciding, you're, you're, you're literally putting yourself in a skin. You're sort of putting yourself in a position to be something that you decided to be. You decide you want to be a, a, you know, think of a career. You want to be a firefighter or an astronaut, you know, or a healthcare worker. You, you make a decision. If you want to be nowadays, you know, there's there's boys wanting to be girls and uh, uh, girls wanting to be boys and you know all kinds of stuff. Um, that it's still using your imagination and your inner feelings to decide what it is you want, and that just goes to show you that you could you could pretty much decide. You could be anything you want, literally. There's there's conditions out there now with children that are uh, they they think they're animals. They relate to themselves being an animal. Um, there's all kinds of possibilities in the mind. Now I'm not going to get into what's right or wrong. That's not my purpose here. But the point is the power of the human mind, the power of our intellect, the power of our hearts, the power of our decision making. But more than anything, it's the power to observe the truth of what we really are and who we really are and what we're really capable of and that's what zen zen practice does it allows you to see that a little bit more clearly and eventually a lot more clearly and and by sitting and meditating regular meditation practice and it doesn't have to be necessarily overly formal you can actually meditate uh, just my, my driving in a car, you know, sitting up in a nice, comfortable, upright position. And why is that important? Because when you're bent over, slumped over, or uncomfortable, you're straining muscles. You're not allowing your, your circulation system to work properly. You're straining the muscles. So, you know, I'll often sit up straight in my car. I make sure not to speed excessively. Um, I try to stay calm. I keep one of my hands on the wheel, obviously, and if I need to, I'll put two on. I mean, driving's most important. I don't obviously shut my eyes, but I'll relax. I'll put on nice, calm Zen music, waterfall music, relaxation music, or if I don't have music, I'll rest one of my hands on my lap toward a, a, a mudra, a hand, which is a hand position, basically, uh, a comfortable hand position, which is near the center of your body. Um, so when you meditate, you have the the core area of your belly button just below your belly button about three fingers down um, would be you've heard terms like the dantian or the core or the center of your body or whatever there's a lot of energy that goes there um, acu acupuncturists know this very well uh, um, that that there are nerves that that are all connected to that part of your body um, so that's why that's how I was trained at the Providence Zen Center many years ago, um, meditation practice, and it did. It made a huge difference because I've tried all kinds of meditation practice, and that seems to be the most effective. So I'll, I'll even do partial uh, um, partial mudra work where, where I'm working, where I have my, like even right now as I'm talking to you guys, I have my right hand on my lap, 
just under me under my navel sort of like I'm holding something up very gently and being calm and if I wasn't talking I would just be calm I'd be relaxing and, I, and I'd, I'd have sort of a, a smiler's attitude I'd have a very gentle relaxed smiler's attitude um, just so that I could be relaxed and, and, and comfortable you know I think that's what's most important here um, so that's that's more or less what Zen practice is about. It's about being relaxed. It's about being calm. It's about being centered. It's about um, seeing your true nature. That's that's really the essence of what this is about: is seeing your true nature. And the more you do it, as I said before, the more that you do it, the more comfortable it becomes, and the more space you give yourself, the more space you give your mind, your heart begin to open up and you, you begin to see things. So that's why it's important to really start a, a journey, a path of self-discovery. You, you literally can change your life, like literally hinge on one single pivot instantly. The second you decide, you know, I really want to explore this. I really want to explore this and I really want to go as far as I can to become the best person I can. Um, and that's, why is that important? Why is that special? Because, because if you do that, you begin to see the, the truest version of yourself. You, you begin to really start to unfold and see the deeper part of your spiritual center, of who you really are deep inside. And that's really, really important because we're not who we think we are. We're not, we're not our, our heartbroken breakups. We are not um, people dying and we feel miserable. We're not our ailments. We're not our, our broken bones or organs or other parts of our bodies that may fall apart. We're not, we're not any of that stuff. None of that. What happens is that we cling to that stuff and we start to feel as though that's who we really are. In other words, we relate to false, uh, false senses of who we are. And again, even today, more than ever, we have, you know, the so-called, the so-called left and right. You know, you have the left, you have the Democrats, you have the Republicans. We, you know how we identify with, you know, you're either, you're religious or you're not religious. You're a Christian or you're not a Christian. You're a Jew, you're a Muslim, you're, you're, you're gay, you're straight, you're, you know, you're blue, you're black, you're purple. There's just so many labels. And these are all labels because drill down underneath all of this okay try to imagine this for a second bear with me bear with me because this is important but try to imagine that if you take away the thoughts and the labels if you take away the the bullies of society if you take away these these notions that uh society says that you're this or society says that you're that if you take those things away if you take away your the clothes you wear, if you take away the color of your skin or your sexuality or your preferences of sexuality, take all of that away for a second or just side, side table that for a second. What's left? What's left is biology. It's, it's science. It's cells. It's, it's energy. It's, it's the deeper spiritual side of yourself. All of that stuff is what's really going on behind the scenes. And it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. In, in that capacity, okay? It's important that you're here and it's important that I'm here. It's important what we 
how we use our minds and we think for better things. But I'm saying deep down, we don't need the labels. We don't need to relate. We don't need to be a Buddhist. We don't need to be a monk. We don't need to be a Zen person. We're only using these words for communication. We're only using these words to communicate with each other. That's the only reason we do this stuff. And the best part of all is that we we all want the same thing. We all want to be closer to God or closer to nature or closer to whatever it is you believe in. We all want to have an enjoyable life, right? That's all we want to do. It's, it's no different, you know, for any of us. We all want the same thing. And, and if you disagree, then, then I don't know what to tell you, but I have a feeling you're listening to this because you do care. And so make that decision, make that determination to really go further, go deeper, go deeper. Try to, try to discover your deepest self, the better sense of self, the person deep down who you really are. Free yourself of guilt, free yourself of shame, free yourself of all of these, these things we cling on to with, you know, how we look, I mean, how, you know, obsessing about how we look, that we have to have this certain look or else we're hideous and things. Let go of all that stuff. Those are all notions that you don't deserve to have. You're not supposed to have. These are just mind habits. You, we learn them somewhere and then they become a habit. So we need to learn to let that go a little bit. And that's what Zen practice is all about to me, or spirituality practice. You can call it many different things, but that's what that's about. And so try that for yourself. Try to explore that. Try to develop that. And it starts right where you are, just making the decision, making the decision to listen to this podcast or um, making a decision to, to pick up a new book, an e-book or go to a bookstore or go to a, uh, a book barn where they have free books. Even ask to borrow books. You know, um, I, I, I loan lots and lots of books. After I'm done reading books, I like to loan them out to, to most of my friends or family that care, that want, you know, that want like-minded things. I'm happy to. Heck, reach out to me if you'd like. You know, if I have a book I can share with you, I will. Uh, or maybe steer you in a direction where I can help you find some literature to read. But you, you can go online. You can go on YouTube and you can go on this, this type of podcast platform and, you know, look around and try to find material. But please, do the, do the thing that you deserve and let, let go and just let yourself become the best version of yourself. And for me personally, Zen practice is, is life-changing. And it points to all those wonderful things that we all deserve in life.